You're listening to an open dialogue. I'm Violet Howe. And I'm Chandra Campbell. And this week, because we have both been to funerals in the last few weeks, um, we decided that we would talk about this little bizarre thing that we because all do, what which is funerals. What better do we need for an uplifting, positive, life-affirming topic than funerals? <laughs> yeah, true. well, but you know true. what? It's something that everybody kind of... yeah deals with or goes through or can relate to and when you think about it my brother and I were talking about this when you think about it it is just bizarre that like someone dies and we dress them up and put them in a box and display them in front of everyone yeah I mean in some cases obviously some people have a closed coffin or some people have you know a cremation and they don't have that but you know the this I guess you would say the standard funeral is that the body is put on display and we all walk by it and look at it and comment on it and mourn over it. And, you know, it, it, isn't that bizarre? Am I the only it one that thinks this is really kind of bizarre? No, it, it is bizarre. And it's you and I have talked about this at length actually before because we both come from different funeral traditions. Right. In that, um, I mean, I certainly, my I had uh, other generations of my family did do viewings and, and we can talk a little bit about what are our experiences with um, you know funeral traditions but I will say um, that my husband does more funerals now than the average bear because that's part of his job is he he does right. and his clientele funerals, is yes. an older yeah well an older no because he doesn't his, his funerals don't come from that clientele his funerals oh. come through Baldwin Fairchild the best place to go have a funeral. I'm going to give them some free that. publicity. I just always oh, thought yeah. that because he went no, to, you know, he goes no, to no, several no, like no. assisted living centers yes. and retirement homes, yes. things like that. I no. thought, well, you know. No, come actually, oh my gosh, that would be terrible if that was only. No, no, no. He actually is a, um, I did a not know that. freelance funeral leader for the Baldwin Fairchild chain of funeral homes. See, and now that you say that, I can see where that would be. Yeah a needed thing exactly. uh, you know very similar to like when I did weddings we had right. a list of officiants who Absolutely. were freelance wedding officiants yes. but I never thought about that there would be freelance well and you officiants. know it, it really runs the gamut because he wow. is asked to I mean he does and he does get all age ranges um, you know from younger people all the way up to the very elderly um, but uh, it's very interesting because he really these days rarely has a body there and when he does really it's usually, yeah I mean every now and again he'll have an interment or a you know something like that but it's it's actually probably rarer that he has a body there a lot of times um, and part of it can be where we live uh, here in Florida you know a lot of times people don't want to have the they, they might have to wait to have everybody get here for the the service yeah so um they will do a cremation or something like that um well no not or something like that there's options something they do something with no, the body they do, they do a cremation yeah usually if if it's going to be a while um but uh yeah it's it is a very strange thing and i get a lot of insight into it because you know i always say how did the funeral go right and so i always get the the lowdown on what happens and um, you know really something hasn't had anyone like sit up yet or anything like that has he well no because that's our joke is that it's a successful funeral if uh, you know the person stays dead but um, and I think we may have talked about this uh, he had um, a situation where as they were they did have their casket and they were lowering the casket 
and the strap broke on the <gasps> lowering mechanism. Oh no. And yeah, and it was uh, happily it did not the the casket did not open. Um, but it was so the family was still there because that's very unusual. Generally they don't lower the casket until after the family has left, you know, just because of this kind of situation, but the family was all there. It was very upsetting. So they took them back into the funeral home you know, had them sit down and, and kind of settled them down. And then they took the casket. Clint had to get down there and help them, like, lift it up. And uh, and they had to resettle Grandma. And actually, I believe they, they gave them a brand-new casket and resettled her and opened it again so that they could see that she was there <laughs> and everything was fine. And then they did the, the interment again. So, okay, yeah. see, and I and, and and I have to tell our listeners, like I I'm a person who deals with things that are uncomfortable through humor, yeah, and so you. I automatically oh. go to the joke part of this. But oh. that is a lady who was either not ready to go or was determined to put her family through hell oh one gosh. last time while she could, <laughs> you know, like they're not getting off that easy. Uh, like no, I'm doing yep. something. Yeah, yeah, um, I just and I'm the same way. I have gallows humor in a big way, so um, you know it doesn't. It's it's it's. It, uh, it became kind of the joke, but Clint and the, the woman who was doing that particular funeral, every time they have one now, he says their eyes meet across the thing like, okay, you know, and she's always checking the straps now. So anyway, it's an unusual wow. thing. And, and I will say that um, our experience with funeral uh, directors has been, um, you know, really relatively positive that they really are interested in making the whole, uh, what can be a very difficult time. You know, right, a little right. easier for the family. But anyway, um, so yeah, and and we were we were in New Jersey for. You know, it was it felt strange because my father-in-law's service was actually almost a full month after he had passed. Right. And so it was really much more of a celebration of life than it was. You know, it didn't it didn't necessarily feel like a funeral in a way in, in, well know. and and mine was you know my grandfather was 94 he'd yeah. lived very good very 94. long life he actually in the last um last couple of years had been very lonely without my grandmother and he also had begun to lose his eyesight so he couldn't do a lot of the things that he enjoyed doing he couldn't drive you know, so that limited where he could go. Um, he became dependent on other people to take him, which he didn't like. And it also limited, he'd always, he'd always really enjoyed working in the shop. He was a woodworker and he built clocks and he built, you know, furniture, he built all these things. And, and so, you know, when your eyesight starts to fail, it's kind of hard to do that, that kind of work. So in many ways, it was not only a celebration of life, but a celebration that he had moved on to, to something that was gonna be a, a better quality life for him. But it's still, you know, it, it's saying goodbye, and, and it's kind of a um, it's kind of a sad thing, no matter what. Like, you know what I mean? So, yes. yeah. um, I, I think that's part of the, I guess, bizarreness of it is that we all gather together, knowing that we're going to cry, we're going to mourn, we're going to to feel things that are uncomfortable. And then in the South, we move on from that and go back to that person's house and eat and tell stories and laugh. So it's just <laughs> this like. Again, it, I, I think the whole thing is bizarre that we're going to come here, we're going to look at the body, we're going to be sad, 
and then it's like as soon as it's done we go back and there's this huge release of, of, of emotion and telling stories and fellowshipping and laughing and sharing memories and which is you know part of the grieving process but the whole thing is just so strange to me it, it really can be yeah um you know i've had um We've run the gamut with how we do this in, in my family. And the old style was kind of what you said. It used to be that it was like a, a weekend long event. You know, you would, yeah. have the, um, you would have the viewing the night before. And this is still kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing the transition when we go back home to South Jersey because, um, you know, we, um, my, my aunt and uncle with whom we stay um, are, have, you know lost people and we've we've actually been there for that and then generally it still is that the viewing is the night before and that is really more of a um uh, let's say a reception uh, yeah. where people come who who might not be able to make the actual service you know right, it's kind right. of um when i was growing up it was like are you going to to the funeral no um i didn't know them that well i'm just going to the viewing right. because it really was a very it's it's not a big commitment you're just right. going to walk through pay your respects and move on with life, um, you know, and, and do something. Whereas if you really know the person or if you're family or if you're, you know, then you would go to the, the full service, um, you know, and do that. Now, when my grandparents died, which would have been um, 99 in 2002, um, that we decided to do it all in one day because we felt it was just going to be easier for everybody involved not to have that because it does drag out this it whole does. process it's tough on the family yeah you know. um, but uh, uh, with my parents we did m both of my parents were cremated so we did a um, like a visitation before and then the service and then a re what we, you call it a repass no is that what you call okay the food no, after is called a repass Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, that's what it was called. Uh, the, and, and then, and that's not to say that other people in the South don't call it that. I just didn't know that. Right, so. and it might not be that. Might be a that might be a Northeast thing. Uh, I don't know, but it's it's the repass, and uh, which I'm not even sure why it's called the repass. I mean, you've already passed. Why you have to <laughs> repass? Um, but you know, yeah. And and both of my parents' repasses were held. I'm trying to remember in restaurants. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what whenever I, the only funeral that I've done up north was my mother-in-law's. Mm -hmm. And and everybody went to a restaurant afterwards. But um, I've never done that in the south. Like in the south, it is always either at a, in my experience, I can't speak for everyone in the south, obviously. But in my experience, it's always been at either a church or at someone's home. Like right. usually a member of the families. And then everybody in the community right. brings food, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting that you say that about the one day because for my grandfathers, they did do it in one day that they had a private family viewing from 1130 to 1230 and then a public viewing from 1230 to 2. And then the service was at 2 with the um, graveside service immediately after and then the dinner immediately after. And my grandmother said to me on the way home, this is a different grandmother, obviously. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify. As we were having the seance on the way home, my grandmother <laughs> let me know. Exactly. Um, but my grandmother on the way home said, she said, I wonder if this is what people are going to start doing is having it all the, the same day. Yeah. And she was talking about that when she was a youngster, um, they didn't have the capability like to hold the body at the funeral right. home. And so it stayed at the home of a family member and someone had to sit up with the body. And yeah. I am so glad I'm beyond those days. 
Yeah. Because I just don't. Well, I wasn't it you and me who were listening to the, the comedy thing during the, the road trip that would never end about the kid who's... Yes. Yeah, yeah who's, Louis Grizzard. Yeah, right? we were talking about yes, funerals, and that's exactly. why I did this. Yeah. I just, I, I think... I'm just I'm just weirded out by bodies. Like even yeah. if it no <laughs> even if it's someone that I know personally and know them very well, like the fact that they're dead weirds yeah. me out. It, it's I'm so glad that there are people who can do like, yeah. you know, hair and makeup and embalming and dress the body and do those kind of yeah. things because I just if I had to do that, I I don't know how I would do with that. I, yeah, it's it's definitely not um, it's not my thing. I think you must be gifted for it. Um, yeah, I had a cousin because in New Jersey everybody has to have a relative who, um, uh, you know, has some kind of connection to the funeral industry because that's who you call when when you have a death. You call whoever, whatever family member has the connection. With us, it was my cousin Doug who was actually my father's first cousin. And I am so glad that Doug, God rest his soul, and I am crossing myself, um, did not go on to his reward until after we had gotten through both of my parents' deaths because his presence and his help made it so much easier. I didn't have to deal with really just about anything because I just let Doug handle it. Um, right. And, and I, you know, it's... It really is a gifting, and I remember that when they first started out. Well, I don't remember because I was not born. <laughs> he, you know, he's he's he was my older than my father, who would now be seventy six. Um, but I remember hearing that when he and his wife first started out, his wife Suzanne did the the hair and the makeup because they couldn't afford anybody else. So I'm sorry, I love my husband, but if he said to me. Well, I've decided to go into this <laughs> business, and now this is what you're going to do. I'm afraid I would be saying, no. I'm sorry, buddy. You're going to have to find yourself another wife no. because yeah. this is not I just, happening. I just don't think I could do it. And, like, it's funny because I stayed at um, – my parents had a house full with different relatives being in town, and so I mm. stayed at my cousin's house one night. And, and it's a, you know, it's a house that they built – uh, while their kids were little or whatever. So it's not that old of a house. I would say they've probably been in that house maybe, you know, 20 years, 30 years. And so when I went to sleep in her guest room, they had white shears over the curtains. Mm -hmm. And I always do this. When I, see, when I sleep someplace that's not familiar, especially if it's a really old house, I'm like, oh, I hope nobody died in here. And for some reason, I always think about that right before I go to sleep. It's like, oh, great. There's probably a ghost in this room. And... I was laying there and I, I opened my eyes and saw these white shears and I'm like, oh, I really hope there's like nothing, no ghost in here. Because if I wake up and I see somebody standing in front of this white shears, it's going to completely freak me out. <laughs> and then I'm like, what are you thinking? This is, this is, you know, this is their house. They built this house. No, there's no ghost in this house. How could there be? So the next morning I'm having breakfast with my cousin and his wife. And they're talking, we're talking about funerals and we're talking about, you know, saying goodbye. And she mentions that her mother died in the very room I was sleeping in, in the very bed I was sleeping in. And I'm so glad I didn't know that till the next morning. Oh. I don't think I could have slept in there. No. Like I'm so bizarre about bodies. Like it just, yeah, I prefer yeah. people alive. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just something that I prefer for people to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's a different, everybody has different um, ways of looking at things. Um, my family, we do go to humor. We are we are the people who are like literally laughing 
at, at, at things just because we see the the um the ridiculousness we see the right. uh, bizarre you know side effects whatever and and we still many of our best uh, family jokes are about funerals or whatever we're, we're really right. an odd bunch um and and so yeah this one that we had was was very interesting where we had been uh, there was a lot of stuff leading up to it there was a lot of stuff um, around it um but uh you know it's it was very uh, because I was um, sad to lose my father-in-law, but it had been a long, long, long process, and um, and we hadn't really had him for a long time right, in our because lives. Because of his illnesses, exactly, yeah. Because of his illnesses, um, so it was really it gave me the 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 author opportunity to stand back and watch how everybody kind of reacted, how different people related to each other, how um, how it how it really did impact different people, um, and again. You know, it's it's. I think that's an author trait, don't you? Aren't you always looking? I, I do, I do. I think you know, kind of like like looking looking at it as almost as though everyone around you are characters in a story, and yes. how are these characters reacting, and and what is each person doing, and what's you know what's happening in the setting, and um, it's funny because like you know, like you said, I I tend to look at it with humor, yes. and um, when my another grandmother, totally separate grandmother, died. I have a lot of grandmothers, <laughs> or I did have, um, but when she died, she had swollen quite a bit, um, mm. unfortunately, with her illnesses before she died, and they had this watch on her. It was one of those old metal watches mm -hmm. with the elastic band, and it was just really, it, it, it no longer fit because of her condition, and so, and so it, it was way too tight. And we're standing there, and, and my aunt, who's standing next to me, says, you know, it looks like that watch is cutting her circulation off. And yeah. my immediate reaction was, she doesn't have any circulation. <laughs> like, it's not cutting it off at all. And it's funny because there's other people who did not find it humorous at all. Like, there's so many people that look at any type of humor in that situation as disrespecting yes. the yes. dead. And yes. and I think my grandmother would have laughed. I don't think that she would have cared that I said that, you know. Um, and it's yeah. not like I was, like, doing anything to desecrate the body like no. but there are people who funeral is very reverent oh, occasion goodness. and my grandmother yeah. the one who's alive even complained the other day that people were being too loud oh, she yeah. was like you know she's like it used to be that when you came to a funeral people were very quiet and very respectful and she's like all these people are talking like they're at a picnic yeah and i paid attention once she once she called attention to it i paid attention and like people were very loud people were telling stories and people were laughing and people were coming in and seeing people they hadn't seen in years and introducing yeah. you know wives and children and yeah so it was quite raucous you know well it is you know it's it's kind of the the thing that we said at my father-in-law's was we saw people we hadn't seen in a very long time and and what is the thing that we all say it's great to see you. Sorry Under about the occasion. Under different circumstances, yes. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Us too. So, but it, it is, you know, there were, um, we saw. It's a social occasion. It is. It still is. And and you know what? As sad as we are, we also have to say, well, you know, you you, you can't just, I don't know. I, I, I'm of the occasion or I, I'm of the opinion that we can't, um, you know, put on a sad face when, when there are. I wasn't going to say to the cousin of, of, to Clint's cousin who I hadn't seen in ages, who I was really excited to see. I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really unhappy that it happened this way, but I'm so happy to see you, you know? Right, <laughs> so, right. 
Um, and unfortunately, yeah. in today's world, when so so many people have moved away, yeah. we don't have that in, in many areas. We don't have that family nucleus where you know everybody lives yeah. in the same small town anymore. And so for for many families funerals is when you see people exactly. that's when you see everybody you know yep. that's when you connect or that's when you catch up or that's yep. your opportunity to see people that you just don't see because unfortunately a funeral is something that brings everyone together despite how busy they may be you right. know exactly. I mean I, you don't get together for, no. for other reasons and we could debate how bad that is or why that is or whatever but a funeral is something that people will take off work for they will right. drop everything for they will you know, make that effort, which is kind of sad that like, yeah, we didn't see each other while she was alive, but you know, now yeah. that she's passed, we're all going to get together and yeah. rejoice. Yeah, yeah, so. definitely. Um, and, and even weddings, um, you know, we, we will say, oh gosh, I really wish I could miss or make it to so-and-so's wedding, but you know, yeah, it's, I don't think it has quite the cultural um, significance of missing a wedding as it does missing a funeral. I don't think it does either. And we've also structured weddings now where a lot of them are destination weddings yeah, that take place true. someplace else and yeah. you have to basically take a week's vacation or in order to participate. Exactly. And so or it's expensive for the people throwing it so they can't afford to invite everybody. So not right. everybody is invited. We joked. Right. Um, my brother-in-law's sisters, I had not seen in years and years and years, but we had all been getting married and having babies around the same time. So when my mother-in-law was still alive, you know, they would we would have these big parties at Christmas and during the summer. And I said to them, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you guys. Our kids are all grown. We haven't seen each other in years and years. And I said, my, my nephew is actually, uh, my oldest nephew is engaged to be married next year. And so I said to Kathy, hey, I think we will see each other next year. And we joked, you know, looked at Josh and said, assuming we are both invited to the wedding, you know, right, no pressure. Right. But, but still, um, you know, there is that idea that who that not everybody might be on the guest list, um, you know. So there, there right. is that. But, uh, um, you know, I don't know. Are there? Do you? I, I can think of certain things, and it's funny because I had a dream about this last night. But are there certain taboos? You talked about your grandmother saying that everybody's being loud. Can you think of other? funeral taboos that that are generally observed or not observed as the case may be. Well, there's one that I I thought I had committed and then <laughs> thankfully kind of saw. It, it was funny because, you know, in, in getting ready to go up there, right. um, I'm going to southern Mississippi. I knew it was going to be, a, you know, outside service, and I was trying to think of something that wouldn't be too hot but would have sleeves to cover me so I wasn't standing in the sun, something I would be comfortable in all day, that the shoes would be able, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that was kind of what I was thinking, something that would pack well without wrinkling. So when we first arrived for the, the private family viewing and I stepped out of the car and my one sister-in-law is getting out of the car on the side of me wearing black, all black, and her daughter wearing all black, and my other sister-in-law gets out on the other side of me wearing all black with her daughter wearing all black. And I looked down at my little sage green outfit and was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that in the South you wear all black. But as the as the service went on and different people came in, there were other people that wore colors. Mm -hmm. But I do think for a while there it was pretty much a standard that you wore black to a funeral and it was taboo to wear a bright color to a funeral. Well, yes. I mean it's it's it still is a black occasion in our in our neck of the woods. I will say that. You know, you still do wear black. And in the Italian side of the family, the thing that is considered the most disrespectful 
you could wear green, you'd be okay, but you don't wear red. You wear red to right. a funeral, and and you you basically, I mean, it's bad. It's right. It's right. bad. Yeah. It was. It's. it's and I didn't do that. No. I wore sage green. No. I didn't wear no. red. <laughs> no. And I mean, there are. You know, there there used to be a whole morning ritual. I'm. Uh, you know, as a as a reader, you probably know this that you know you you wore black the first year. Then right. You could graduate to, um, to like dark green or navy blue or maybe a brown. For next yeah. for the next year, unless you were the widow, in which case I think you were really supposed to wear black for the rest of your life. So that always makes me think of Scarlett O'Hara, yes, and not wanting to wear black That's and right. and um and red bring in the the red crinoline the, to yes. Mammy. Yep, yep. So no, no, it's a it's a it's a strange strange thing when we stop and think about it for the things that we do. Um, but so do you have like specific? Uh, funeral request or funeral instructions that you've given your family? Well, yes. First of all, I mean, I haven't really given it to them. Every now and again, I mention something and they say, I don't want to think about this. And so right. I don't <laughs> say it. Um, however, I will say one thing is that I've noticed a lot of people of my generation don't want any service. I've, ha I've had um, three different friends die in the last five years who have said, I do not want anything. Do not have a party. Do not have a service. And I will say that as much as I have griped and complained about other people's funerals, which I will admit I have, you know, like I can't believe I have to go to this funeral, it feels wrong. It feels off not to observe or commemorate or do something to mark that occasion. It just feels, it just feels weird. Well, and I think I don't that like the service isn't really for the person who died. The service no. is for the... No the people who remain behind well, it's a way to say yeah. goodbye it's a way to get closure it's a way to now having said that know. i will be at my own and if y'all don't behave i will come back and i will do something <laughs> so just just you know just let well, you know this i have um i don't want an open oh, coffin no. well, i no. i want to be cremated and yes, i i don't here. want there to be i don't mind if they have a service you can you know play whatever music you want to play do whatever you want oh to no do. i have my music i know what music i want so that's good that one Yes. Well, I just um, I I want an open, open. I, I don't want an open coffin. I you want an open bar. To me, <laughs> no yeah, that's fine. Have an open um, bar. <laughs> I to me that's one of the most like macabre parts of this yeah. whole thing is that yeah. everyone walks by and stares yeah. at the body. No. And nine times out of ten, the body looks nothing like the person. If no. there was a an accident or an illness or or, or yeah. just the fact that they're dead yeah. and so um i hate for people to walk by and say like oh you know they look so natural oh they look so beautiful oh I doesn't know. he look peaceful no he looks dead yeah. and so um i actually there's a, i have a, a book that's um about halfway written that's not going to come out anytime soon but um where the whole first chapter is is this girl at her mother's funeral and, mm. and kind of a lot of these observations that i'm making now um that character makes in that book of like the people filing by and commenting on the the appearance of this person when they're dead and so uh, i've told my family that if they overrule me and after i die they put me in an open coffin i'm going to petition the heavens for any last little shred of strength and i'm going to sit up and close the lid and um 
my brother and I were talking about this as we were standing by my by my grandfather's coffin the other day. He said he does not want to be buried in a tie. And he's like, my wife knows this. He's like, so if you come in and I'm in a tie, know that I pissed her off before I die and check for my cause of death really carefully. <laughs> because if I'm in a tie, that means that we didn't part on good terms. Um, he also wants me to look down in the coffin and check and make sure his boots are on because he, uh -huh. he's heard that they sell boots and shoes and that they yeah. tell the family they're buried in them and you're actually buried barefoot so he wants me to check for his boots yeah. i told him i'd do it i'm mm, going to be honest no. i don't really think i'm going to be checking for the boots but no. No. um no. but yeah it's funny how people have very specific instructions for um, how they want their yeah. funeral conducted or how they want the service conducted what music they were like my my aunt Zona has like this whole list of music that you know that she wants it's all Elvis and there's specific <laughs> Elvis songs she wants and yeah. um, and I think it's interesting too when you go in and it's a person who was not religious in the in the least and yet there's this huge preaching hellfire and brimstone yeah. bring them all to the Lord kind of service well, and that's that's interesting from Clint's point of view because clearly a lot of times if he's called in to do a funeral it's because the people are unchurched, okay? So it's right. always very interesting because they will oftentimes say, oh my gosh, he was so religious, but he never went to church, which is fine. Right. I, I'm not going to debate that. I think you can be, I think you can yes. live a God-fearing yes. life and never step foot in a church. So I'm not saying that at all. But there is that sense of, oh, this is the priest. We have to make him look good. And I, I laugh, my, my dear, dear cousin, whom I love and every time I go back to New Jersey, he's... He's the one who I miss. Um, I remember at his funeral, I mean, I love the guy, and he was a wonderful man, but he was not a churchgoer, for sure. Right. And right. yet they, the, the preacher went way back to when he was a year and a half to find some evidence of his salvation. That, but that's exactly dying, what I'm talking about. Right? Like I had an <laughs> uncle that, you know, the, the, the preacher's just going on and on and on about how much he loved the Lord and what a man of God he was. And, and, and I'm like, not saying my uncle was like an absolute miscreant, <laughs> but he wasn't a person who sat around and quoted scripture and talked about church. Like did that's you, just not who he was. Did you check the sign and make sure you weren't at the wrong funeral? That's I know, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Did yeah, I wander no. into the wrong room? No, I, it's, it's true. And that I don't like. And, you know, Clint will say to me, these people just want an MC. A lot of times they will they will ask a minister to come to give it some kind of validity. and and But Clint knows, you know, they'll say, but we don't want any scripture or anything like that. Like, don't read from the Bible. Okay, that's fine. Just we'll have well, a Well, and I think we'll for some people it's a comfort thing it of, is. okay, okay yes. if we have God involved in yes. some way, then our loved one is, you know. Right, exactly. Gives gets them. passage yeah. or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I but don't I do know. think it's a comfort thing. It can in, be. In yeah, many I, ways. I think so. I am. Um, I, I know that neither of my parents gave me too much. Actually, they didn't give me any instruction at all. Um, and consequently, we, we kind of just went off by what we thought. And, and one of the coolest things that I think we did for my dad was we ended the service with the playing of On Brave Old Army Team because my dad, of course, was a graduate of West Point and, and a huge Army fan. And so we, we ended it with on Brave Old Army team, which I know he would have just absolutely loved. Um, my mother's was a lot more difficult because God bless my mother who had been ill. Both my parents had been ill before they died, but my mother was adamant that we did not discuss anything because she was never going to die. Even when she had leukemia, she was never going to die. So, um, you know, there was, there was no discussion at all. Um, she had mentioned to me, my, my mother had left the Catholic Church and become... Presbyterian before she married my father, but uh, about 
two months before she died, she mentioned to me that she might go back to the Catholic Church. Now, she never had the opportunity because she was fighting uh, rejection from her stem cell transplant. But um, when she died, her sister said, well, she told me she wants to go back to the Catholic Church. We should have the funeral there. Biggest mistake of my life. Well, not the biggest, but, uh, but among them. Um, and, and the funeral itself reflected the fact that we really, this was not where my mother belonged and, and the funeral did not, uh, you know, the priest had never met her and consequently made mention of her great grandchild and all the kids are whipping around and we're like, who, who has a, <laughs> who has a baby? And Devin looks, Devin at that point being the oldest grandchild looks and she, she's mouthing to everybody, not me, not me, not me, I don't have one. Um, and, and, you know, it was just kind of, uh, uh, you know, a, a strange thing, but, um, but we did not have, both of my parents were cremated, so there was no body there. The, the, uh, with my mother-in-law, however, there was a, a difference of opinion as to whether there should be a viewing. My husband felt very strongly no. Um, the old Italian segment of the family said yes, so they compromised with a private family viewing to which he did not go. And then we had a visitation, so she was there in the casket, but the casket was closed. Um, so we had one of her old friends came through. It was clearly very distraught, and we're, they're coming through. She's coming through the receiving line, and she says to Clint, you know, very nervous, and she says, how's your mother? And Clint kind of glances back over his shoulder and says, I don't know, should we ask? <laughs> you know, he got, but that became, this, this poor woman was so upset that she just had, like, blurted out the first thing that came right, to her mind. Right, right. And I think that does. I think that, that um, people say things coming through lines that you want to say, really? That's what you decided to say to me at this time of my grief? And, you well, know. and that's another thing that I kind of uh, address in this fictional book, you know, People don't know what to say. No. How could you know what no. to say? And, and in reality, nothing that you say is going to really help. And, no. and we've, we've been kind of laughing and talking about yeah. funerals of people who are very well into their years yes. and, and their yes. time has come. And obviously, if it's, a, if it's a young person or it was a sudden death or it's, you know, a, a, well, a, a mom or dad, like, you know, obviously yeah. that's a different atmosphere. But I think that people come through and you you feel like you want to say something more substantial than I'm sorry. You feel like you want to in some way, you know, connect with the, the loss or in some way, you know, impart some kind of comfort. And so people do say the bizarrest things because they're uncomfortable and they don't know what to say. Yeah, it's, it's very true. And, and really even, and I will say in complete seriousness, that even when you, even when the person is quite elderly or, or has lived a long life and, and even when the passing is a comfort, you are still marking a final goodbye in a lot of yes, ways. Yes, and, and it's a loss. Yes, it is a loss, and it's still hard. Um, you know, uh, I was really very stoic at this last one until my Uncle John came through, and he was crying. And I said, please don't. Please don't do this, because I can take it until somebody like that comes right, through. Right, right, until you see someone he who was, is. Yeah, he was very, yeah. he was very you know, because my, my husband did, my husband, did his dad's eulogy and did his dad's service and it was beautiful and it was just it was it was really one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen and and he moved a lot of people who probably thought well you know we're just going to go to this same old same old thing um so that that did get me and it is it is you know you're still reminded of sometimes of a loss that that might not even be related um my my brother-in-law's sisters who I said were there um, had lost their mother last year so for them 
this was all this brought it all back and was right. very hard for right. them um and it it is i have a for the first five years after my parents died i had a strict i did not do funerals i didn't care i wasn't going i had done mine and um you know i, I had lost i lost um seven people in the course of a year and i felt i had done my funeral time right and i did not feel that i needed to do it again and now i will every now and again but it, it really takes if I show up at your funeral you're really special so just remember <laughs> that <laughs> well luckily I won't know if you don't no, show up no, but no. um but, you know yeah. you touched on something too you said that you know your your I think you said that your sister had said what your mom wanted you have to be her very sister. careful her sister okay her I just sister. I just want to clarify that yeah it was my okay. mother's sister yes well, you have to be very careful wh who you yeah. tell what yeah because um with with my mother-in-law you know one of her sons swears that she told him she wanted her ashes scattered like you know in the hudson river and another yeah. son swears she told him she wanted ashes scattered at the jersey shore and then i found when we were cleaning out her apartment i was going through her dresser drawers and her you know boxes and things like that and i found a piece of paper where she had written down that she wanted her ashes scattered over her sister's grave and, and so, uh, you know, we, there's like four or five different accounts of what she wants done. So yeah. her ashes are still in their container at my brother-in-law's house. They've done nothing with them because yeah. no one can come to an agreement on what she meant. So you have to kind of be careful what you tell different people you want done. Yeah. So. See, in that case, I would just say divide them up, put them in different places. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. We've, we've done that with, uh, with a lot of different family members. So, you know, it's, it's, uh. It's probably a good idea, and, and I say this, you know, having not really done it, but it's probably a good idea to have something somewhere that does state what you like. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, you know, and it's not for you, you know, it's not really for you. It's to protect your loved ones still around from um, feeling bad uh, that they might not have done your wishes or also from fighting amongst themselves because yeah. um, after when my grandfather my grandmother died my uh, father's mother died first um, in 1999 and I did her eulogy I had done my other grandmother's too and I did my this one's and afterwards her husband my grandfather kept saying you said some wonderful things about Nana well, I, I sure hope you will say something good about me when when it's my time to go so when my grandfather died I knew that I needed to do at least something. I needed to say something because he'd asked. I mean, he, right, you know, right. And I would have felt really bad. And, and, and it did cause a little bit of a family rift because the family was like, well, you spoke at, at, at Nana's funeral. Well, you know, I didn't realize it was an exclusive contract. Right. Exactly. Like, you know. Exactly. So, um, you know, and I did, but it did cause an immense amount of, of riff and tension and whatever. But at the same time, I felt like I had to be true to my grandfather. I didn't say I wanted to be the solo act. I just said I would like to say something. Um, so it really is a good idea to, either, if you're not writing it down, at least say something and at least say it to the same thing to as many people as possible, you know. So. Well, and that's another point, too, is that funerals bring out the worst in people. Yes. You will see families that have been extremely tighten it or extremely close or whatever that all of a sudden when it comes to funerals and, and especially 
the monetary possessions, you know, that, that come along with someone passing away. Yeah. But people all of a sudden get vicious and turn on each other. And, and yeah. it's it's really sad that it can just completely rip a family apart. So it, it can go one of two ways. It can either bring a family completely closer together or you're right. It can tear them apart. And uh, and it, it's it is it's it really I always my, my prayer whenever I know that somebody is losing somebody is that it it. It, it unites a family rather than divides them. And sometimes it's not even money. Sometimes it's it's things that have not been hashed out. and Things and that haven't been things said. Things that haven't been said. Yeah. Things that haven't been settled. And and so there, if, if you know that you can't now settle something with a person who has died, it, could, it can bring out a lot of, yeah, it, it can be bad. It can be rough, so anyway on that happy note on that happy note <laughs> know, well we yeah. would love to know if your family has any you know particularly odd <laughs> funeral <laughs> rituals that they sell that they you know it observe well, really interested yeah because yeah what what are you know what yeah. are some of the the funeral things that you personally observe or is there something that creeps you out about funerals or something that seems you know poignant or touching or we well, just want to know your thoughts yeah, definitely you know your please thoughts sh- on please funerals. share them with us we would like yes. to we would like to know that. And do you we want a funeral? To do you expect to, do you, have you told your loved ones, do you want a service? Do you want? Yeah, to, let yeah. us, let us know. Like, let's just do a little informal poll. Are you being cremated? Are you, are you, are you like all about open the casket and have everybody parade on by or like, yeah. Good golly Moses. No. I mean, I don't like. I think I'd kind of like to have stuff. one of those like they do like in New Orleans where they like go oh, through the streets right? and people are playing music and Definitely. they wave the napkins. and Yes. Yeah. I'll do that. That like a good idea. I might have a funeral tour. You know, I want to do an Irish wake because I have Irish in me. I might want to do, you know, something in New Orleans. I That's that's my. So it's kind of like a, who was the. The farewell tour. The ultimate. George, George H.W. Bush, yes, d- yes. died recently. Kind of yes. did a tour, he like did. he, he had, on the train. <laughs> he had right. viewings in several different yes. places. That's so true. That's true. You could use so him as inspiration. There you go. You can. I'll there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We thank hope we haven't completely creeped us. you out yeah, today. No. We're, we're really perfectly <laughs> lovely people. Do come see us <laughs> and invite us to your funeral. <laughs> We'd love to come and critique um, and make fun of you. But no, anyway, we never would do that. No, we wouldn't. Actually, we wouldn't because that would just be so bizarre. But anyway, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us at anopendialogue1 at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, An Open Dialogue. Yes. You can also reach us (laughs) on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We both have websites, todrickhandle.com and violethow.com. And of course, we appreciate you listening. We do. We do. Tune in next time when we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> something more lively. Something lively. Have a wonderful <laughs> week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.